Hi, I'm Jason Wacob, founder and co-CEO of MindBuddyGreen and your host for the MindBuddyGreen podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please consider giving us a five-star review and comment. And don't forget to visit us at mindbuddygreen.com for your daily dose of wellness and make sure to check out all of our great offerings, including our online classes and trainings. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. Rohan Oza is the mastermind behind some of the most iconic brands in the consumer space today. Dubbed Hollywood's brand father by The Hollywood Reporter, Oza is a global pioneer in the world of natural products. He's a shark on the hit TV show Shark Tank and co-founder of Kavu, one of the leading venture foods in the natural consumer product space with brands like Kite Hill, Bulletproof, Beyond Meat, and HealthAid, among others. He's one of the most influential investors in the world of wellness today with an incredible knack for spotting the next great brands of tomorrow. Rohan, welcome. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So you're in like the epicenter of wellness, specifically CPG, CPG, excuse me, and all the exciting trends that are happening. So within CPG, within natural, what are the trends? What do you see everything? What are you excited about? I'm lucky to see a lot. I mean, I mean, let's start with my philosophy. The reason I'm in this thing, I want to try and democratize healthy living to everybody, not just people live on the coast, people who shop at Whole Foods, but across the board. And that, to me, how you feel really starts with what goes in and on your body. And for years, let's call it 50 years, since the 70s, right? Since the 70s when everything had to be made cheap, in case the Russians invaded, we had to go underground for like a few years. It had to last. And so cheap- Maybe happening again. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? This day, I cannot keep track. That's a whole nother podcast. But I mean, you know, if cheese that lasts two years probably isn't cheese, but there are brands that are pretty damn big that touted that. And I think what happened was for 50 years, everything that was processed and packaged and preserved was were the brands of what I call yesterday. And what's happening now and why it's such an exciting time to be in the wellness space is all those brands are getting disrupted because the millennials or Gen Z, the Gen Zennials, as they're now being called as a combined group, don't want the brands of yesterday. They wanted to find their own path forward. And so everything that we're seeing in the space out there is, is brands that they're choosing, not the brands of yesterday. Right. And it starts with, I love how you started it about democratizing wellness. It's not just the coast. It's about access. It's about getting product in the hands of people who don't necessarily live in the west side of LA or Brooklyn or Boulder. It's everyone else. People talk about trends and fads. And I think a trend is something that sustains across the country and everyone buys into it. I personally believe fads can sometimes be coastal because new things come through and it's like, oh, what's cool? What's hot? I'm in. Oh, peace out. I'm out. And I think when things sustain and they're not just in the natural channel, when people in in Des Moines, Iowa are buying it at their, you know, their local grocery store and it's part of their lifestyle, that I think is more trend than fashion. Sure. So I love Erewhon, but I guess you don't go to Erewhon to look at trends. So <laughs> I, I think that so I, I, I know the founder personally, he's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great brand. Uh, I it's my favorite go to store in LA. Um, it's my basically my kitchen because I don't cook. I'm a horrible cook, so I just get food from there. And it is probably the best store in LA to go find trends. But those trends are bleeding edge. 
which means a bunch of them will become fads. Right. So how do you think about that? A friend of mine said this the other day. I said, Rob, you're not necessarily the smartest guy in the room. You just have the best gut. <laughs> I think right. I think that's literally and figuratively, meaning like I, I have a good sense, I feel, of brands that can go mainstream. And I have a palette that's more mainstream. I grew up in Africa, originally Indian, uh, London, and now the States. And the products I used to eat and drink were soda and candy sure. and chips. And so what I'm looking for is things that achieve that taste palette but are much better for me. And I think the brands that sustain and products that sustain are those that meet functional, taste, package, and price. Hmm. So four things. It's got to do something for me. Right. What can, your, what can your food do for you? And I think people are looking for more from it, from food, beverage, yep. beauty. And so one, what can it do for you? Secondly, how does it taste? Three, what's the package? Am I feeling that package? Is that something I want to put in my bag, my purse, my backpack? Sure. And the last one is, can I buy this on the regular? Because it's great to buy something that's $9 once a month, but that company's never going to sustain. On a snacking basis, if I can buy something and my price point is $1.99 and that's palatable, then it becomes part of my daily routine. So you mentioned function. How do you think about functional food, functional beverage? I would say that's a trend. How do, you, how do you think about that? Well, I break it down into, into needs. So function's got to lead to needs, right? What's that function do for me? So I think that protein's been around for a while, and it's still here, and it's here to stay. What's going to come across with protein, though? Depends how you spell it. But it's, if you're from the 90s, you can spell fiber, P-H-I-B-R-E. But, mm-hmm. but you know, my sticks my five Ps or four Ps. But protein combined with fiber is going to be a bigger trend going forward. Because everyone says that at some point you can OD on protein and you need fiber to help balance it out. Sure. So I think that protein, you know, Atkins brought it out 20 years ago and that bar still sells pretty damn well today. And I think people are looking to drop sugar and carbs mm-hmm. and intake protein. So that's not going anywhere. I think fiber comes into the mix now to, to, and there's not enough product with fiber because everyone gives fiber a pass. Oh, it's great. It doesn't <laughs> count, right? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's cheat. I'm good on fiber. Um, the other one is plant, which is very big, but plant is, it's got to go, where do you go with plant? So the biggest area is currently a non-dairy, you know, alternatives. And sure. I think that I can't do dairy. I don't know if you do dairy or not, but I think there are a lot more people out there doing dairy that shouldn't and just deal with, you know, bloated bellies sure. and, you know, mm-hmm. gas and, and they just call it IBS. That's like, oh, bro, he's got IBS. And it's actually because you're taking in dairy, your system is rejecting it. So, you know, probably Califia is probably leading the way with Killing that. It, yeah. And Kite Hill is probably the other brand that's crushing it with their yogurts and their cheeses. And I, I have those products. I put Califia in my, I'm not involved in Califia, I guess you're sure. uh, But I love Greg and I think he's, he's a great, great guy. Job. He's been on this podcast, yeah. And so I start my day with that. And when I want yogurt and wine and cream cheese, I go to Kite Hill because I don't feel I'm giving anything up. So protein, fiber, plant, I mean, snacking has started to change. And people who have, I have people who are bodybuilder friends who eat hippies, which I am involved in, so I'm caveating mm-hmm. these things. But sure. they eat it because they don't feel like guilty. They're like, okay, it's a chickpea sauce. It's a better, it's got fiber. It's a better source of protein. And even though it's got carbs in there, it's coming from a source that I like. And so I think that plant is going to take different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the last one is the burger. 
You know, yep. I had a question the other day, is it a good move for Burger King to go into the Impossible, Impossible Burger? Yeah. I think it's a great move. I mean, by the way, I do meatless Mondays. I'd like to transition that to two days a week. Doesn't mean I'm vegan. Doesn't mean I want to, but guess what? If I want to feel something different, if I want to drop my total meat intake, why not? I'll go to Burger King on a Monday and do a Impossible <laughs> Burger. No, it's cool. It, it, that's access right there. They're testing it in Kansas City too, I want to say. That's what I love. It's access. It's like that's the democratization right. of healthy living. Mm -hmm. Burger King, the most mainstream chain after McDonald's in the country, doing it in middle America. So I think the trends, the four or five Ps, protein, fiber, plant. And the last one is, and the only brands or category that have really tapped in well is probiotics, mm -hmm. but it's probably beverage, right? I think you've seen it with kombucha, you've seen it with, you know, non-dairy um, alternatives or even dairy options where the probiotics are kicking in, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone knows this, but they don't really think through it. Like a lot of your immunity is built in through your gut. So sure. if you strengthen your gut, you feel a lot better. When you've got a weak gut, it'll kick you in the ass. Right. So I think I think kombuchas are, are taking off and probably GT and Health Aid are the two leading players. Yep. But what I like about those two brands is now I see my sister and her friends buying them in Jewel in Chicago, mm -hmm. right? It's not just Whole Foods. It's not just Arawan. It's, okay, when I'm in Houston or when I'm in San Antonio, not Austin, different cities, <laughs> I can buy it at, you know, HEB. Right. And I think that's when millennials and, and Gen Z take those brands because that's their soda. They, they see kombucha, which... You know, most people above 50 can't even pronounce, but they see it as their soda. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a new carbonated drink. So you, you mentioned probiotics and my head went also to thinking about supplements and then more specifically CBD, which CBD. is like CBD everywhere, um, controversial in, in some way with regards to which, you know, payment processors processors will take it or not or what stores or is it legal or is it not and advertise and all that stuff and i'm just curious like what's your view on cbd and then also what is super trendy right now if it's cbd i would say keto and intermittent fasting so cbd is interesting it, it'll mm. definitely be here so long term stevie cbd will you because the my friends who are in it and the analysis that i've done it works yeah the problem is it's still the wild west yes and so everybody thinks that CBD is just the solution to any of their ailments, whether it's brand ailment or physical ailment. They're like, oh, we'll throw CBD in there and off we go. So I think that CBD is here to stay, but the format it takes and the products that it will be delivered in and the legalization that needs to happen is all up, up in the air. Mm -hmm. and so a I little bit dangerous, a little bit risky. It's high risk. But yeah. People are just trying to, it's almost, you know, back in the day when people used to go, uh, like in America, people would like get land and you'd run sure, there. Sure, it's like a gold rush. It's a gold rush. Whoever puts their flag down first. So everyone's just putting flags down, waiting for when this thing becomes legal <laughs> to start running. And there'll be definitely a bunch of successes in there and there'll be a graveyard of failures. Right. And so I, that's, how I, I mean, but the part, it does work. So I, I don't agree. think it's going to be totally agree. faddish. I think like it's it's real. What about keto and intermittent fasting and how that is? Yeah, just walk around Expo West. There's, you know, I, I believe in both, and there's science that's very strong with supporting both. But it's like this product has this and, and so forth, and then IF, and how is that changing? So I, I go back on every brand and product I'm involved in. I go back to one: does it work? And look, I mean, keto works. 
Have you had Dave Asprey? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. So D- Dave's like the godfather of biohacking yeah. and yep. keto, and 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 Bulletproof pioneered a lot of this stuff. Yep. And he's a wackadoo, but he's brilliant. And most brilliant people <laughs> have to be ahead of the thinking. Like yes. I spend all my day catching up to Dave's thinking, which is frustrating because I'm like I argue. I'm like, oh, maybe you're right. Um, so I think that keto and intermittent fasting is here to stay because it works. And at the moment, it's not. It's not nationwide. It's like people are still talking about sure. it. Sure. It's still, it's, but once you do that, it's not a complex scenario. Atkins worked, but it was just protein, which is frankly not ideal. Right. It'll, it'll work from your shedding weight, but it's not ideal for your total health. Right. Keto is the version 2.0, which is, yes, protein, but some put good fats in there and drop the sugars. Frankly, what you should be doing to lead a healthier lifestyle. And then if you compound that with intermittent fasting, so your body doesn't know which way to go. Because when your body gets used to something, it settles on a stabilized basis. When your body doesn't know what's coming next, it's like, oh shit, you know, like that's why you see the rock eating like (laughs) 50,000 calories on a Sunday. And then it's like, his body's like, oh, I gotta fix this. So I think intermittent fasting and keto is here for a while and will keep growing. And I've seen it globally. I was just in India and in the influence community, everyone's keto and intermittent fasting. Wow. So the question is, what products deliver against the four things we talked about, right? Right. Are you going to deliver the the functional, which is protein, fats, you know, fiber at a price point that works? That to me becomes a lifestyle product. So keto itself, I don't know if I want to be keto my entire life, but I can kickstart my body to make me feel better. Sure. And then what products do you have that I can have in my bag that are keto friendly? What do you think of supplements as a category and where that's going and regulation and claims and all, all that fun stuff? I mean, my, my boy Asprey has a much of it. That guy's biohacking himself for Seven Ways to Sunday. But, um, but what's interesting there to you? You know, the supplement is a massive business. I mean, obviously across the board. Um, and it's still dominated by the traditional brands. Mm-hmm. It's still, if you look at the biggest revenue in supplements, it's still like your vitamin C's, your D's, your, you know. So some of the, let's call it newer, more differentiated supplements, I don't think they're in the mainstream. And part of the problem is the price point. When you try and get some of these things, and some of the brands like Pure and um, Thorn and stuff that mm-hmm. do higher quality and that do maybe some of the more leading Those edge. are like the t- Pure and Thorn are the top two, in my right. opinion, who've uh, been around, yeah. Yeah, I concur. And, and I think that th- those guys have stuff that's more cutting edge in terms of supplements. But I think the price point of some of those things are, sure. you know, back to Arawan, they're fully laid out in Arawan, yes. right? Now go to a CVS. Can you find any of those things in CVS? Right. But where do people shop in America? CVS or Arawan? Right. <laughs> so that's, I think the problem is democratizing it and the problem is pricing. Once you can get those two in alignment, I think that the type of supplements people take could significantly... Sure. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough to go to, like, have you had Mark Hyman on here? Yeah, of course. Okay, so Mark's yeah. my doctor. I mean, his damn offices is the most complex to get to, or sure. Frank Lippman as well. Yeah. And if you go to them, I mean, they put you on this crazy supplement regimen. Oh, yeah. I, I live by Frank's regimen. You're right. So yeah. I've got Frank's regimen. It worked, yeah. by the way. He dropped my triglycerides. He dropped my blood sugar. Yep. He's a great guy. We're both from Southern Africa, so we bonded on that front. Um, but the cost of Frank is expensive. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the supplements are not cheap either. Sure. And I'm taking in like 10 pills a night at one time. But how does the average American get to a program that allows them to get supplements and a diagnosis that is not at the price point? Yeah, we're not there yet. It's powerful that like, so Frank, for example, so I love him. He's been on here as my doctor. I've had, and I'm like you, I get get bloods taken quarterly 
Yeah. And so I, I had a couple markers that were like ridiculously high. On and what? So homocysteine. Okay. Everything else was fine. Like totally fine. He was like, this is so high, it's a mistake. But th- you really can't do anything for that. He was like, you need to take this cocktail of supplements. And it went from absurdly high to being normal just through supplements. So like I've seen the power of, I was like, holy shit. So there's no medication. There's no surgery. There's no, he's like, diet, you eat pretty good. Like you can't really do. And there are certain things where supplements where I'm like, yeah, it's expensive, but the right supplement that works, investment, like that's the power of medicine where lab, proactive health, you know, diet, lifestyle, supplement, it's magic when it works. Well, I mean, but, same thing happened with me if we're being, minus triglycerides. Yeah. Frank thought I was going to die. He's like, you literally have the triglycerides of like a 500 pound man. Like, <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? I'm very concerned. And he was genuinely concerned. Yeah, yeah. And so we went into a regimen of combination of niacin and a bunch of other sure. different things. None of it was probably taking some of the same stuff you were. <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, look, it's still high, by the way. I'm not in, but it's, it came down from like 750 down to 250. Wow, that's amazing. Well, that's the power of supplementation. But when it's the right. question is, how do you get that to Americans across the country? Because right. sure, should, if you and I need it, there's people out there. It wasn't Theranos. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, let's not get into that one. Have you seen the movie? I have. My wife read the book. And, uh, Bad Blood? Yeah. I but didn't read the book, but the, it's just, the premise of that is dead right. Yeah. The premise that Americans need to start taking more control of their health. I remember, I told you at the beginning, how do you feel better about yourself? What goes in, food, beverage, what goes on, beauty products. How do you treat it? Fitness, workout, how do you pamper it? Wellness, spa, sure. massages. The last person is how do you monitor it? Like right. the whole, in the end, the final thing is, how do I know what the hell is going on? Sure. And no one knows how to monitor because you have to go to your doctor. You only go to a doctor when you're sick. There's no proactive monitoring. And so Theranos was trying to do it, obviously, in a quite a um, <laughs> fraudulent way. But, you know, I've seen companies that are, are basically getting close to labs in your homes. And I think that would be hugely disruptive. Do you know longevity? Longevity? One, 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 yes, yes, yes. yes. They're working with Thorne. I had the podcast hasn't aired, but they're two guys, uh, Joel Dudley and Chris Mason. It's really interesting. It's like, I think that's where the world is. And then to your, to your point, it's then how do you democratize it? How do you, how do people understand the information and price point, all that stuff. But if we can do it, it's access. But if I can test my blood at home for five bucks. Yeah, it's huge. I'm okay. If I can, if I say, you know what, I know that my issues are, you know, uh, cholesterol or blood sugar or, you know, diabetes. And if I can just test that without having 15 different machines at home. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have one thing <laughs> and I just throw a different, does my kid have the flu? Oh, let me check. Like right. son, there's no way, it's just antiquated. I got to figure out going to the doctor and then I don't want to. So I hold off and then I get sicker and blah, blah, blah. Right. So where do you see the world in like a year from now? And, and where is the world going? So it was a huge event a couple of years ago. Amazon Whole Foods market merger and that sort of just like shook up I think grocery natural how people came to market everything it just it was a big deal I don't deal. think it's shaking it up yet to the degree it will so let me explain sure. that so Bezos is brilliant um, yeah. clearly I mean you don't become the richest man in the world without um, <laughs> dating aside uh, and then uh, I think that in one chess move he gave food on Amazon credibility because before you'd buy everything on Amazon, but food, you want food. It's like it wasn't, it seemed very, um, what the right word is, uh, uh, 
because like an Android. Like mm-hmm. it, food, that's not the, it didn't have a freshness to it. Yep. And with his one chess move, you suddenly like, you know what? I'm good with this. What hasn't happened yet, which is what you'll see at Astad, is, is what does he do with that? Because Whole Foods still prices most Americans out of the market. So his next move was, I'm going to price it down, so now make it palatable. If he starts taking grocery into a much bigger way across the country, the people who will get hammered are traditional grocery stores, yes, but actually all the brands of yesterday, the Nabisco's, the Crafts, the mm-hmm. Pepsi's, the Cokes, because he's going to put in the brands that he wants of tomorrow. He's going to drive price points to Americans that they can afford on products that they feel a damn sight better about eating and drinking. And the brands of yesterday are going to get whacked. And then I think what he would do if I was him is create Amazon brands online or at least go buy brands the way that, you know, Campbell's or, you know, uh, Hershey or whoever General Mills buys brands, buys brands and have them through Amazon. So that's what you think Amazon will start buying brands? That, that becomes a... I think it makes sense, right? Right. Like, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Why not pick the top one or two players in every category and you already have a distribution system? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm uh, Pepsi and I buy a brand, I've got a distribution system. I've yep. got a, so Amazon is the same thing. So what else? Like I'm curious from... So where do you think we're going to be in like a year in terms of the industry categories that don't exist but you think might exist? Just in general, if we if you could... Look into the future. What do you think we're going to be talking about in a year? What's exciting or interesting to you? We say, huh, that's, that could be something. I think a few things. I think there's going, to be, there's, there's going to be a potential evolution of platform brands. Because the problem is you can't have, I mean, you go to Expo West or you go to these places. I, I love the entrepreneurs. I love the companies. But there's too many brands out there. There's no way that all those brands can succeed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could argue whether even 90% of them or even 10% of them succeed. Because at some point there's a congestion, whether it's online, online less so, but still online and certainly at retail, there's a congestion. And so I think that there's going to be brands that are becoming more platformable that could be in cookies and bars and beverage that have the same functional benefits, right, across the board. Mm -hmm. So I think that different brands will start emerging and trying to have those platforms so they don't have to just be niche across the board. Right. I think that... As plant grows, you're going to have a few bigger players emerge and some of the smaller ones are either going to be bought or fall by the wayside. Because I just don't think you can have, again, 20 different daily or dairy alternative yogurts on the shelf. Agreed. So I think that platform is one. I think there'll be scaling happening like Califia is doing with Greg on trend categories. And I don't think those trends a year from now are a five set of new trends. I think protein, fiber, probiotic plant all that still is there next year mm-hmm. i just think that a few of some other brands are going to emerge to become more scale players and i think the big guys the big strategics are going to have to buy them because they can't create for themselves sure and they're still very hesitant to buy them i had a conversation with someone the other day i said if you have a million dollars do you take that million dollars and just buy one stock like if you personally have that or do you buy like a basket hoping to get a good return every year because I buy a basket and I said, if I, right. if you go to basket and you could get 25% return, would you take that? He goes, yeah. I said, why when you guys buy companies, you buy one big company and then you step back and you wait for six years. <laughs> How about you buy four or five in a basket? Some will do well, some won't, but your overall return is going to be great. And you get synergies and you know, you can give consumers what they want 
because you had the distribution and the access. Right. But they're so scared to make these moves because CEOs get well, it's fired. Well, it's not a good time to be a CEO at large CPG if you look at what's happened recently I mean, also. fifty. But the problem is there's a fear factor to make changes. Sure. Because you technically don't get fired for not doing a deal, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. oh, you missed out on this deal, fine. Now, four years later, your company gets written down by $15 billion, and maybe something has to happen there. Sure. But you still got four years of a great paycheck and equity and so right. on and so forth. So you try and do stuff that doesn't fully rock the boat. Although, I mean, I give Hershey credit. Hershey's bought a bunch of different brands. Yeah, I think the big guys get it. They're just trying to figure out how to how to get there and do it the right way and that balance of answering the street every quarter and trying to deliver on that's to shareholders and those and those earnings calls and uh, and all that stuff you, they have to deal with. It's tough to build a business in the world you and I in, defining the brands of tomorrow on a quarterly basis. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. So last question. So a lot of people listening, I'm sure, love Shark Tank and know you from Shark Tank. So I'll close with any advice for any entrepreneurs out there sure. that you know, if you could go back and, and give it, an early entrepreneur, a lot of entrepreneurs, everyone has a side hustle. You know, what general advice do you have for entrepreneurs and what are the things like they should think about when they're building a brand? Well, one of the things you said earlier, interesting, is that you said it's a great time to be an entrepreneur in America. And I think you said that to me earlier. And I and I fully embrace that. I think this is the greatest country in the world to be an entrepreneur because we're setting global trends across the world. I mean, kombucha, for example, has been around for a thousand years in Asia. But when West Hollywood and the Lower East Side... When GT invented it. Yeah, (laughs) when GT invented it, exactly, (laughs) with his Asian heritage. And suddenly, like, everyone's like, okay, kombucha's cool now. And we we historically, as as a nation, set trends globally that may not have been the healthiest products. And I think what's happening now is America is now setting trends across the world that are better for your products. And so entrepreneurs are able to define that because 90% of the great new brands coming out are entrepreneurs, not by strategics. And so my advice to entrepreneurs and kind of living the American dream, which is for entrepreneurs still very truly alive, and it's why I did Shark Tank, is to pay it forward because I'm lucky enough to be living that, is one, have a real idea. Like don't, like look, Me Too's do well as well, don't get me wrong, but if you really want to make a big start with an original idea or a fresh approach to something that's out there today. So that's one. Two, have a product that does taste great. First one is it's got to work, right? So real idea with a product that works. Second, get it to taste great. And then the third thing is fund your company and surround yourself with people who want to charge the mountain with you. And one of my former business partners had a great quote. He said, you know, I want both, but I would choose EQ over IQ. So what does that mean? It means the emotional quotient, the I'm mm-hmm. going to charge this mountain with you and we're going to make this thing a success regardless what happens is critically important versus intellectually analyzing every move that your company makes. So you want both, ideally, but you want to surround yourself with people who are as passionate as you, especially in the early days, and make sure you have enough money to do it. And I think <laughs> you put those things together and then you get the foundation and momentum of a great company. When you don't, wrong people, not enough money raised, me too idea, you start circling the sinkhole. Amen to that. I love it. Rohan, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Adam.